Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thank you for joining me again this evening. Tonight I would like to summarize the past 10 episodes. After the flood, when the judgment was poured out in the form of water, Father cleansed the earth of the Nephilim, which were the progeny or offspring from the result of the watchers or sons of God coming down to mate with the daughters of men. And it is believed that their spirits, being no longer purely heavenly and or purely human, were doomed or relegated to wandering the earth, thus becoming demons or spirits that had no place to go, which would explain possession being a method or vehicle by which they seek to embody living people or an, and animals the divine council mentioned in the unseen realm by dr michael heiser discusses the references in scripture that speak about divine interaction in the plurality of entities when we think of god our thoughts are about one god when the Bible is clear on the topic of many gods, lowercase g gods. Look at the judgments that God sent to Egypt when the Hebrew people were held captive as slaves. The scriptures tells us that not only did God judge Egypt, but the gods of Egypt. And within this hierarchy of spiritual entities, there are entities that are loyal to Yahweh, and then there are entities that are disloyal. Now in the book of Enoch, which is not in the Bible, but is ancient literature, it discusses the watchers. It discusses them coming to earth to mate with the daughters of men. And it elaborates more on Genesis 6. In that elaboration, we find out that the entities that chose to do this also brought with them knowledge that humanity may otherwise not have had access to or may not have figured it out as soon or as quick as it was when discussing it it's usually termed societal knowledge and it has to do with using colors to adorn oneself typically a female for the sole purpose of seduction the use of plants and roots for the sole purpose of seeking an altered state by which one could communicate with the other side, the unseen realm, the dead, which the Bible tells us to have no part in, and the art of war, the use of metals, the use of combining metals to make alloys and stronger metals. So by linking portions of the book of Enoch to parts of the Bible, you get a greater understanding of why humanity is in the depraved state that it is in. And by looking at this depraved state humanity is in, a couple of things 
we should note, and that is the pagan gods of the ancient world never left. They merely became known by other names and resurface any time they have an opportunity. And most of the time that is with a willing human who may be seeking answers but not asking the Holy Spirit for those answers. In a way, opening themselves up to being led astray by a particular entity that has no desire to help humanity. That is the part that most people will find hard to believe, especially if you include the alien agenda. Oh, they want to help us. Oh, they want to befriend us. Oh, they want to make the world a better place. We can read from the scriptures that the evil one is a liar from the beginning, twisting scripture, twisting truths into half-truths with no desire to help. Selfish agendas are the most prominent agendas. What happens is humanity will believe a lie, expecting a particular outcome, and that particular outcome will be the opposite, because it is to not only enslave, but harm humans in the sense of keeping them from accepting the gift of salvation for one thing, but then putting them in a position where they forfeit the relationship with the true and living God. I was made aware of the similarities between the fallen realm, giants, Nephilim, demons, pagan gods, with Irish mythology, and the similarities are quite apparent when you're made aware of them. Drew Graffia put together a presentation discussing that, and it's quite informative. Now, if we think about pagan gods and we think about idols, worship, a couple of things come to mind, and that might be temples, that might be priests, priestesses, the functioning of a temple. Well, if a temple is a structure, what's to say a strip club is similar in the sense that it is a structure and one might go there to bring offerings, money, and indulge in practices that continue to lead away from things that are true and righteous and good and wonderful, but lead to depravity and emptiness. And then if you look at drag clubs as structures slash temples and the events taking place there, you can get an idea as to what I'm referring to. And in the past, ancient past, you have those practices going on back then. Now you have the practices going on now. In addition to the sacrifices, and you can say giving your money is is an offering or a sacrifice. You had to earn the money unless you stole it or whatever. So you're sacrificing your time, effort, and energy for the money you earned, and you're giving it over to the pagan god, whichever one it may be, for that particular indulgement. But now whenever you involve children, and that's the big deal here lately, are these drag queen locations, including kid night, or I'm not sure how they're framing it, but these kids are present. So that says a lot of negative about the parents who would bring their children to such a place. The 
situation is really sad for them. But the sacrifice of children takes place every day, not only with abortion, but just you can look up statistics on how the medical in- the medical industry, with its licensed establishment, all a license means is you have a ability to do or perform a criminal activity. That's all a license means. And so if you think about the geopolitical issues in the world, and then you're made aware of the table of nations, and you're also made aware of Psalm 82, you can rename or reframe geopolitics to theopolitics in that the unseen realm was given areas or geography in order to govern, not only govern, but administrate certain areas of the world. They don't even have to be what we know of as political boundaries. They may be more geographical in their designation. And in the unseen realm, they have no hope of winning. They know they're going to lose. There is probably infighting in and amongst themselves anyway, creating the back and forth, imagine a lawless city where different gangs attempt to grow their gang empire or area of influence and that influence may increase or decrease over time depending on events who is in charge and then you have energy every single thing on the planet can be summed up with physics back to energy even a rock and I'm not even talking about a radioactive rock. Just your typical rock sitting in a driveway or on the road, or even the rock no one knows about that's stuck in the dirt in an area that's never been touched by humanity. The chemical composition of that rock is made up of electrons, protons, and neutrons, and ultimately those are coalesced energy. Now, humanity has come quite the way with developing technology. We even read where Yahweh and the discussion he has with other Elohim at the Tower of Babel, the human population would be able to accomplish anything they want and he was going to put an end to it. Not because they were able to accomplish anything they want, but because of the attempts at creating not only a tower to heaven, but a doorway or a portal or an access point to thin the veil between the living and the dead. It's most likely that the unseen realm, and on both sides I would I would think, have had a hand at whispering in the ear of an inventor, whispering in the ear of and I say whispering in the ear, it could be it could be a number of things, but the idea is to implant or impart a idea and it could be code that gets written into a piece of software. It could be an electronic device that helps connect people in a way that no one has thought of yet. The problem is the connecting of these devices leads to control and convenience and the convenience is what people are willing to accept at the expense of the control they're willing to give away. When we look out into the heavens and we see stars and the planets. And a couple of years ago, I had some software on my computer that was a map of the known universe. And you could pan and 
turn and view star patterns and constellations and it was quite neat. You typed in your zip code and it figured out where you were in the world and could represent the night sky accordingly. And if you left it open and running, you could look at the image and walk away, come back in about an hour and everything had moved in relation to where you are on the earth. That same software is available for your phone and it's quite entertaining to go outside and wonder what that bright object is. You just pull out your phone and whirl it around in the air to get it oriented and the database links up with your location or geolocation. You can find out that, oh, that bright object is Saturn or Venus or some star. But by having a gadget in your pocket that knows where you are, that means someone else knows where you are as well, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Now, as telescopes have advanced, we've been able to peer further and further back in time. And that's a neat idea to think about. It hinders us when looking at our local solar system. We can't look back in time too far. I think it takes light eight minutes to get from the sun to earth. I think it's about a quarter of a second to get from the moon to earth or from the earth to the moon so the distance of the solar system is minutes i think from well, let's think about it eight i would say if you had a device on one edge of the solar system and a, a transmitter on one edge of the solar system and a receiver on the other edge let's just say for our conversation it would take about an hour for that signal to go from one outer edge to the other outer edge. And then if you responded, another hour to get back. Now that is also line of sight, which means you need to be pointing your transmitter close to or at the object that is intending to receive the signal. And the vastness of space, aiming your transmitter just a few degrees one way or the other, you might miss who your target is for receiving that message. And this goes into the whole idea of aliens and the convenience of the fallen realm to use extraterrestrial ideas to usher in the end time delusion. And thinking of the ancient people that lived long ago, whether it be in a in biblical literature or other literature from around the world, ancient documents that historians have access to that recorded or that have recorded the events of people's lives what took place back then and think about the timing of their life from back then to the timing of our life now how in its grand bigness it's all perfect for the unfolding of God's plan in a way one could say be glad to be a participant now certain events that have taken place in history that are horrific. One could say, well, that wasn't good for them. That was terrible for them. And that would be correct. That would be a, a valid point to make that most likely they did not enjoy being there and having to suffer. I was wanting you to just think about the timing. If you're alive now listening to this, the timing is here you are now alive listening to this, able to read about previous past timing 
of those other individuals. In the book of Revelation, we do read about a lot of events that are going to take place. At the end, we read about the new heaven and the new Jerusalem and the kingdom. Thinking about the kingdom is challenging because all we have are earthly kingdoms to compare it to. But the idea of a kingdom has certain aspects that, by default, would be required. A kingdom needs a king. We have Jesus. A kingdom needs territory. Thus, I'm guessing the new Jerusalem and or the new heaven. All of creation. But then there's got to be something. The notion that when we get to heaven, we'll be just playing harps and floating on clouds, I believe is not only silly, but shallow. So that is going to require some more thought and prayer. With that said, I'm going to wrap up this summary, and I look forward to speaking with you next time. Thank you.